You are now listening to Cam's podcast. Yeah. This series is the journey to America, episode two, living with a height in Nigeria. Classic. Welcome back to another episode on Cam's podcast. I am your host, Ecam Ariabuna. This is the podcast, Positively Entertaining, while revealing the daily struggles of your local internationals and permanent residents as well. I am so glad you guys could join me today. Guys, go ahead and check out our previous episode on our website, campspodcast.go.sites.com. All right. You can also find us on um, social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle Keeping Up with Cam Hoops. All right. You can also find us on Twitter with the handle Keep In Up with Cam. All right. Not Keeping Up, but Keep In Up with Cam. All right, guys. With that being said, I am going to jump right into it. For your matter, I love the way you move and you ain't baby. I feel great. Say if you make my grace, girl, I can't control. Say this dance where you give that yo. Make a nigga want this. Make a nigga want If you're just joining us for the first time, thank you so much for joining us here today. Quick recap from last week's episode. I did an intro about my family, who my family were, and who I was uh, as a kid, growing up as a kid, how I was, perhaps. Um, And how one Sunday afternoon brought me into basketball and entirely changed my life uh, for the better. Then I, you know, told some stories about that. I also, you know, eventually uh, mentioned how I wasted a whole year not playing basketball that I was supposed to be playing, but focusing on playing soccer, which was my first, you know, I like to say it was my first love. Um, but then that changed right when I learned uh, basketball can take me out of the country. You know, it can make my life 10 times better. So I started working out day in and day out to get better. And that's what, that's what I'm going to talk about, you know. Um, leaving, my next episode is episode two, obviously. <laughs> And um, it's about, you know, living in Nigeria with the heights that I had. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it instead of, you know, playing the extra music and all that. <laughs> so um, so la- last episode, I stopped right when I you know, said I was working so hard to get better. But, you know, I'm going to rewind back a little bit. And we're going to talk about, um, you know, my height. Like, it's, I think... Everything started to change when I started playing basketball. Not just my height. My height has always been there. But it was kind of not noticeable because I was, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say it was noticeable, but it was pretty noticeable. But I was, I was not, you know, I didn't get the attention that I was getting when I started actually holding a basketball on the, on, on the streets, you know, going to practices, going to the school with my basketball. You know, I felt like my, my height stood out 
all eyes started being on me. Like, people were looking at me. People were like, oh, my God, he's so tall. Like, oh, my God, this is one of the, ones, one of the stories that I don't think I would ever forget. So, like, when I first started playing basketball, <laughs> I'm actually going to sing the song these kids used to play, uh, sing when I'm walking in the street back then. Uh, this is... <laughs> It's kind of like the, the American version, um, the, the Nigerian version of the basketball. It's my favorite sport. You know, blah, blah, blah. But back home, this is, this, is, this is what they were saying back home. These kids on the streets, when I you know, leave the house to go to practice, they see me working on the streets and the young kids playing on the street, running around, you know, being reckless. They start legitly start following me. Oh my God, he's so tall. Obviously not speaking English, but speaking in a pitch called pigeon English. I'm going to talk about that eventually at some point. Um, so they were just speaking, like, okay, this is the song right here. So I would walk in and they would be like, um, uh, basketball, it's a fair, lele. Okay, you guys might not know what, what that is or what they're saying, but it's pretty much saying basketball is a, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a song, it's, it's, there's a soccer ball we used to call fair, back home. And <laughs> it's so funny, oh my God. <laughs> Um, so this, I guess it's like to say the basketball is like that, but if you play it this way, it goes that way. If you kick it this way, it goes that way. So it's, it's now and the language I'm speaking right now is Yoruba, not my language, but it's something that you know I grew up. I grew up mostly in the neighborhood where they had a lot, a lot of Yoruba, so um, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, anyways, so this is one of the, one of the, one of the stories like you know, basketball, like. When I started playing basketball, it brought out my height to the to the fullest. Like, I couldn't even explain better than what I just did because it, it's 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 like you know you I I wasn't playing basketball before and my height was there and I was just seen as this kid going down down the wrong path of life, you know. So and then I met basketball. I started people were like. I wouldn't say adoring me because because at some point it became to uh, to an extent it became insults, uh, you know, because I'm too tall or I'm too skinny or I look like I'm sick or all of, all of, all of that stuff. It, it became more than just you know the kids. Yes, it was funny to them. You know, this guy's so tall. They make fun. They laugh. But when it comes to people my age, older people, uh, you know, I wouldn't say older because older people do, I don't really, I don't really hang hang around them. But people my age, they were. They were all like, you know, they made fun of me so much. I'm gonna talk about that next. Um, so, <laughs> one of the one one of the stories that I think you guys need to hear is, you know, me being taught in a Nigerian school. Okay, so back in my school, um, Nigerian Nigerian education system is, I wouldn't I wouldn't even say slightly different. It is very different from the United States uh, school ed education system. Uh, so, anyways, that's not the point of the story, but I just thought I'd mention that. Um, so, back in Nigeria, before every school session, we have what they call assemblies. This is like, a, you know, the whole school come together, you know, assemble. Like, the school, the usually schools have spaces on campus where there's, you know, everybody in the school can fit into. It's like, that's what they do, the, the assemblies, assembles. So, like, the principal, the, the, the proprietor, or whatever, principal, um, vice principal, president, all of them, they, they have, like, this this roof, not really a roof, but like a balcony where they stand. I don't know, it's like flashing back. I'm having these pictures in my head. I can't I'm explaining this right now. They have uh, the balcony where they stand, and they can they can see every student, you know, in front of them. You know, so imagine being among a crowd of students, the crowds of students, right? 
and everybody is the same height, <laughs> and then you were just there. It was you. Actually, there's one more guy, one more person that I was actually in the same school that was as tall as me. His name is Prince Orizu, my boy for life. You know, we started this whole journey together. He's somewhere in a playing uh, professional basketball right now in uh, where is it called? Somewhere not not Serbia, but somewhere in somewhere in uh, Asia. He's playing uh, professional basketball there, and so is many of other my boys that we all started this whole journey together. I'm so proud of them. But uh, anyway, so it was me and him. Well, this is before he came to my school. I was already going to my school for a while, and you know he ended up later later on joined me with the height. But um, it would just be me and him standing and like little everybody else looks like ants <laughs> we are just right there our head is sticking out like everybody you know you can say you know things about thing about being this tall is you cannot get away with anything like you can you want to say something to somebody you have to duck down so the principal can see you hey why are you ducking down over there <laughs> or you want to you know you go somebody you know causes some trouble or you can literally you cannot get away with anything because you're the first person they are going to see. So that was kind of one of the most, one of the things that I was I didn't like about my height back in Nigeria. One of the one of the things that I did not like about my height in Nigeria is um, during the time I was uh, playing soccer. Oh my gosh, I used to be in a soccer field like. There's so many people playing, right? There's so many people, you know, the making teams, creating teams. I used to stand right there and nobody wants to pick me up because I'm too tall. Oh, you're not useful. Your leg is so skinny or so I don't know what I don't know what they thought. But I I honestly thought I could have been so so good in soccer in Nigeria. But once again, it was very physical. I'm not a physical person. To today, I don't think I'm even that much of a physical person because I <laughs> When I played basketball, you know, I was, I was the one player that would rather not have contact. And anybody that knows me, you know, like, I hated, you know, getting hit and knocked down. You know, charges was not my thing in basketball. Um, I even though a lot of times they tried to, they, they actually went through a training session of how to, how to take charges, but I was not taking it because why? I'm not a very physical person. I mean, I, I'm physical, don't get it wrong, but I don't. You know, use it to <laughs> to my advantage, I guess, perhaps. So, anyways, um, so playing soccer, nobody would pick me up, and I just, you know, the, I'll be among the next team, the, the the sorry team that comes in at the very end of the game. Nobody wants to pick, nobody wanted to pick, and we usually end up losing very fast. <laughs> so yeah, that you know, soccer. I want uh, no matter how much I loved soccer, I just still still could not you know get you know get picked up or played. So that's one th one more reason why I hated my height back in Nigeria. Um, with all that happening, um, <coughs> excuse me. With all that happening, um, the national stadium. This is where my basketball academy was. Um, the national stadium became my automatic escape. Like that's the one place I wanted to go to because I know when I get to the national stadium, there's gonna be a bunch of tall people over there. There's gonna be a bunch of coaches that are tall. You know, there's gonna be just a place to get away from everybody else from making fun of my height. Or making fun of who I was, you know, this is just more more of a fresh start where nobody knew who I was, nobody knew how I used to act, nobody knew like my history of you know being a bad kid. Uh, I was just going to learn basketball, so, um, you know, so that I I focused just on that, just playing basketball day in and day out, because I knew I wanted to get better. 
I wanted to get away from the place, this place where I know people make fun of me. I wanted to end it up in the United States, but that's not going to happen or else I work hard. So, you know, I spent morning, afternoon, and night, literally, when I had the chance to, to learn how to play basketball, I was working hard. Now, I'm sure everybody here, we all know that, you know, you can work as hard as you can. You can work very hard to the max. And if the opportunity does not present itself, you pretty much are just working in vain, right? So, um, the beginning of the second year of, you know, focusing on playing basketball, um, literally, I learned about, uh, that's when I finally learned about how um, basketball can take you out of the country, you know? You know, when I heard, I heard about this, I, you know, I met people that, that knew guys that actually were friends with them that played right in the same spot that I was, that, that left the country. So I became closer to them. I said I kept hanging around them, kept working on my game, learning from them, just so I can get the opportunity as well. And uh, so now I heard about this. So I'm going to rewind back a little bit. Every year in Nigeria, uh, there's this guy called uh, Masai Ujiri. If you look him up, he's the general, this is the current general manager of Toronto Raptors. All right, it's the, uh, the Canadian basketball team. All right, at that time, he was the uh, general manager for um, the Denver Nuggets, I believe. Um, so he came, you know, well, actually, he was, he, he was at the Toronto first and then moved to, to Denver and then went back to Toronto. So anyways, wherever I was at that time, he was, he was, he comes to Nigeria twice a year. He does a basketball camp. One of the camp is called Giants of Africa Top 50. And the other camp is called Giants of Africa Big Man Camp. Now, the Top 50 camp are for the top 50 players in Nigeria that are under 18. All right? Top 50 players. So imagine how many people come to that camp. Up to 200, 300 plus people come to that basketball camp. All right? And then the big man camp, and this is and the top of the camp was for anybody, you know, any height, point guard, you know, from one through five. Now, the big man camp are only for like big men, people like six four above, six four, six five above, six four, six five, six seven, you know, nothing less than. I mean, sometimes they let some six three, six two. Yes, if you're very big and aggressive, I mean, you can catch rebound. Then you can you can qualify as a six two, six three in the camp of a big man camp. Um. So, those two camps were the major camp, and um, you know that's that's. The, I mean, they had other opportunities, other camps, little camps that were done by other play, other people that somehow you know do the camps. I won't say somehow because a lot of them played overseas and came home and were doing the same thing Masai is doing, but most of them are not just in the same position that Masai is because Masai. I mean, he's he gets support from Nike, he gets support from everybody in the United, you know, from Canada you know, or whatever team he was managing at that time. So, um, Masai Ujiri, he would come to Nigeria twice a year. He does this basketball camp. Out of everybody, out of the camp, he picks the top 50 on both camps. Top 50, or sometimes sometimes even 60, depending on the competition, competition level that year. So, mind you, I was 14 years old when I started playing basketball. When I ever first touched basketball, I was 14 years old. And this was 2007, right? So, that first year went by, I wasted it. So now I was 15 years old, the second year, which was 2008. We were, you know, I, I learned about this guy. I learned about the camp coming. Okay, at that time, I was still very sucky. I was still trash, okay? So it caught me some slack, all right? So 
the first camp was the top 50 camp. I went to that camp, we did the tryouts and tryout and all that stuff. I did not qualify, I did not make the camp because why? Once again, I did not even know how to dribble the ball at that time. I was still learning how to dribble the basketball. So I was one of those guys that were tapping the ball, you know, raising their leg up to put the ball under their legs. That was the level I was in basketball at that time. But I wanted that I wanted to be in that camp so bad that when I didn't make the camp, I was like sobbing. I was crying. I was in so much tears. I was embarrassed. I was, I mean, I don't even know why, but I was just, I wanted this because I knew that was a chance. That was an opportunity. One step closer to, you know, having a better life or like living, you know, getting away from everybody, running away from the, from home for good. <laughs> um, so I cried. I was like, you know, bawling. Like it wasn't just like, the sniffing kind of I was like in tears I was wiping my eyes I was almost dramatic but it was actually real it was a real feeling I wanted to be in the camp so the, the guy Masai Ujiri came to the camp for the final screening to see people, the, camp, people, people, the people that are going to be in the camp all right he looked he looked to the side and saw me among the guys that didn't qualify that didn't make the camp focused on me and saw me sobbing and tearing up and crying and he was like Hey, somebody, who, who is that guy? Why is he crying so much? <laughs> like, why is he going out, go, going, going like that? And they told him how much, um, told him how I didn't make the camp. I was, like, really not good at all. Like, and then, you know, that, what he did for me was, you know, was unbelievable. Like, out of everything, everybody in the, you know, people that didn't make it, he came and chose me. And I remember what he said back then. He, was, he, he said, you guys, you could, he told the coaches, he was like, you guys have to know the difference between someone that that is not good at all and doesn't care and someone that is not good at all and wants to get better. He said to them, like, this boy wants to get better by all means. And sincerely and honestly speaking, I wanted to be really good at basketball because, you know, it, it, was, a, it was an opportunity. And who doesn't like an opportunity, right? So, um, I... Got in the camp. <laughs> he picked me out of the camp and put me among uh, out of out of the, he picked me out of the place you know the non qualifiers and put me among the qualified players. And guys, I, t I, I tell you what, everything changed from right there. Obviously, the camp went by. The whole camp went through. I was I was terrible. I was the worst person in the camp. But he saw something in me that nobody else saw, like the the hard work, the the pursuing something, you know. And, you know, at the end of the camp, he called me to the side and said, Kim, I'm really impressed. You know, I, I like how hard you work. But I, he said next year that he comes back, he wants to see way, way bigger and much more improvement. And, guys, he gave me a basketball at the end of the camp. You, guys, you don't give back. He does not give any extra gift or any Anything else to anybody else at the end of the camp, or else you won it or you qualified to win it. Like at the, at the end of the camp, they pick top ten players. They usually bring them to to the United States. Every camp, they bring the top ten players, give them basketball, um, tell them that you know they're gonna send them I twenty which is a scholarship to you know to come play basketball in America right, and go to school. And um, he gave me a basketball like like I made the, I made that, but I didn't make it. But he told me to use that basketball to get better for the next year, the next camp coming up. And guys, I kid you not, 
that ball, I watched it that ball, like, oh my God. After the camp, I I was just, you know, people like people started calling me his kid. Like, man, he's he's treating you special. He's, you know, literally my all my friends, coaches, all, all of them were calling me my size son. And that that was so funny. Even to you today, a lot of my boys that are here in America too, that we all came together and all over the world, uh, the country, uh, around the world. They be like, how's, how's your pops, my side? I'm like, man, I have not spoken to that man in so long. <laughs> but, you know, back then, back in Nigeria, you know, he, he became like a, a figure. Like, you know, I I wanted to, to be like him. I, you know, I'm not be like him, but I wanted to use his camp. You know, I wanted to go through his camp, you know, to take me to a place where I, where I want to be. You know, when I started playing basketball, um, I started having goals, vision, I, what, what I wanted to do where I wanted to be in basketball. I started loving the game. I learned how to love basketball, and basketball literally became my everything, and I could not do without basketball. I guess I'm going to start cutting it off here. Um, guys, I don't know. I talked past my usual time again. I was supposed to stop at 17. Now it's 19 minutes. So, guys, um, thank you guys for tuning in to Kem's podcast. This is episode two that you have just listened to, and this is your host, E. Kem Ariabuna. Our next episode coming up will be episode three. Uh, um, I have a lot more stories down, continuing from where I stopped today. Okay. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Kim's podcast. Make sure you follow uh, for comments. And uh, for, if you have comments, you have suggestions, you have ideas, you have opinions, you have something you want to pass out to me to tell me or you know, some kind of, I don't know, whatever it is, or you want to reach out to me and talk to me, please, guys, check out my website, campspodcast.godaddysites.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On Facebook and Instagram, the, the handle is Keeping Up With Cam Hoops. All right? Now, on Twitter, it is not going to be the same thing as Keeping Up With Cam Hoops. It is going to be Keep In Up with camp all right once again thank you guys so much uh you guys are you guys have been so awesome for listening i am looking forward to sharing more of my journey to the united states of america Peace.